All right, welcome to the 10th episode of season 11 of Productize Podcast. In this season, we are talking about the future of our cities. And what if cities care more about their digital products and services and treated their citizens like customers they want to retain? If the mayor would be the equivalent to the CEO, who would take the role of an eventual chief product officer? More importantly, what transformations and improvements could this bring about for lives as citizens as a whole? This podcast is where innovators, geeks, creators, and entrepreneurs come to discuss impactful ideas. Our mission is to inspire people to impactful action. My name is Andre Marquia. I'm your host. And today I'm with Mila Ovaska. Hi, Mila. Hi, hi. Mila is the head of international affairs and public relations at ESPO in uh, Finland, uh, one of the, the largest cities in Finland. And she's an international relations specialist and intercultural communication enthusiast interested in expanding networks and bringing ESPO to the world and the world to ESPO. Currently, her goal is to make ESPO the best destination and home for international talent and strengthening the international networks for the city of ESPO. Hi, Mila. How are you? Andre, um, well, I'm very, I'm very well. Thanks for inviting me here. Um, it's springtime in Finland. Um, trees are finally green and people are, are quite happy. Everything is green and sun is shining. So it's uh, Finland is a very nice place to be at the moment. Very well, very well. Still, the year has started, let's say, rather strangely. And um, today, as it happens, as we are recording the session uh, on the 18th of May, Finland just uh, officially applied to to join NATO. How how do you how do you think this current international situation is affecting Finland? Do you see anything already in terms of the inbound statistics, or uh, this is still not so visible? Uh, I guess it's it's still quite early to say. Um, it's been indeed a uh, very hectic um 2022 for uh, for the state leaders and the whole government in in finland um they have been touring all the nato countries uh to uh, to have the dialogue about finland's uh, application to to nato uh finland and sweden have uh, have been militarily non-aligned but but we have been um in this nato program partnership for peace for for a long time, so we have been in practice very close to NATO already. Uh, I'm of course not happy about the circumstances now that we are joining the, we are about to join uh, NATO, as it is of course war in in Europe, and that is something that no one uh, was uh, was expecting or is is, is willing to see. Uh, but that is uh, now that these are now the circumstances when when Finland. Uh, then decided to uh, to fully join NATO along with Sweden. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So let's hope for the best. And that's you know that's something that obviously you you have to have as a professional trait, which is being very optimistic about the future. You are now running the the Future Mentors program, uh, where you know uh, young people from various European cities get to engage in dialogue with decision makers of their cities. How did this project start? Uh, 2022 is the uh, European Year of Youth and Mm -hmm. uh, to to celebrate that uh, we in the city of Espoo decided to develop uh, this program. 
for the European cities and uh, and the young people in the cities. Espo is hosting in June the um, the annual general meeting of, of European cities. Uh, it's a network called Eurocities that unites about 200 European large uh, cities. And um, in that connection, we uh, we decided that we wanted to do something um, for the youth. Uh, we wanted to include youth uh, somehow in those conversations, and we wanted to offer a platform uh, for dialogue for youth at the local level. So that's how we, um, we invented uh, this idea at the city level. Uh, we we were working on the on the idea of this reversed mentoring program where the young people uh, are the mentors. They are the ones who are telling the city leaders how the city should look like in in twenty years. What are their fears and dreams for their own city in 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 about twenty years? So we were working on this idea uh, at the city level with colleagues, and then we decided that we wanted to uh, include young people already in the de uh, designing phase so we um, we contracted uh, students from uh, from the local Alta University uh, and their design for services course and together with them um, we have defined this program uh, for future mentors and this program is currently running in uh, in 27 European cities and uh, we are we are quite happy uh, with the uh, with the results and, and how people have uh, been very excited about this uh, program. Mm -hmm. For, from what I understand, none of these uh, 27 cities is a Portuguese one. No, actually we do have uh, Portuguese ones we as do. well. We have uh, Braga and Guimarães. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yes, we have two Guimarães. Portuguese cities. All right, so Braga and Guimarães are also part of that 27 uh, cities list. And um, in this program, from what, what I understand, a small group of young people from each of the cities is going to communicate to decision makers their own uh, and their generation's hopes, dreams, fears yeah. related to the future of their city. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's, uh, that's correct. And we, we, of course, help and coach the young people uh, on, their, um, on their mentoring journey. So we have uh, created a platform, a Discord mm -hmm. platform, an online platform for for the for the youth uh, to um, to exchange ideas uh, between European cities, and uh, and also uh, we provide the young people with uh, with coaching from from our own uh, center of excellence for um, for sustainable development. So the young people can also um, ask if there is something that they uh, they feel like they they don't know much about yet. And uh, they can sort of try their ideas together before presenting them uh, them to the mayors. Mm -hmm. um, and we have also uh, designed um, we have designed the whole facilitation process for for this uh, mentoring process. So the and, and the facilitation the process uh, is so, sorry to interrupt just, just yeah. to ask you the, the the facilitation process was co-designed with the experts from uh, Alto University. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, service design students, and they were also piloting this program in in a couple of cities. They did a lot of interviews with uh, local politicians and with young people around Europe, and we got uh, very positive and encouraging feedback from uh, from both the decision makers and the young people that this is this is a program they would they would like to try. Very well, with the service design 
was it the service design center of at Alto? What, who, 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 well, what's the structure that is behind the Alto's university leading this um, project? It's in the, if I'm, if I remember correctly, it's in the school of uh, arts and design where they arts have the design. faculty, uh, where they, uh, where they, where they teach service design. Mm. Uh, the city of Espoo has been col collaborating with Alto University um, and this course for many years already so mm -hmm. every year we we bring them uh, challenges um, mm -hmm. to this service design course and then uh, then the students um, they work very hard uh, with those challenges for, okay. for some six weeks they do a lot of interviews and uh, and background uh, material they, they provide us with a uh, like a ready solution for the challenges that the city has and in this. have you have you been able to to implement some of those solutions in the city well, for example, now we are running this uh, Future Mentors program in, in 27 cities in Europe, so that I can already right, that, say that, that it's... That, 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 yeah. that, that'll be a good example, yeah. of course. But there are some some other, other um, experiments and, and challenges that we have uh, given to the uh, service design mm -hmm. students, and they ha we have always been very happy with the results. We haven't been able to use them like completely, but we have always used parts of them, and it's always very interesting and important background material for the city to um, to have um, a group of uh, very active students who are not yet who are not part of the city administration to look uh, into the challenges with uh, with fresh uh, eyes and minds this might be just a technicality but is alto a campus uh, is it, it's, it, it is in the border between Espo and uh, Helsinki, right? Or is it part of? It's it's Espoo? in it's in Espo. It's actually so it in Espo. Yeah, it is in Espo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well. Yes, all the all the campuses of of other university are in Espo. They still have one uh, campus in Mikkeli, which is in eastern Finland. Um, it's only mm -hmm. for bachelor students, but yes, all the university is is in Espo. But there is a direct uh, metro line uh, to Helsinki so from from Alta University campus you are in uh, in 12 minutes you are in central Helsinki so Espo is part of the metropolitan area in Finland so we are very very close to Helsinki very well very well so uh, one one of the things that you told me when we, we had a previous conversation is that uh, you mentioned that the mentoring program is is currently running around Europe at, at this point so you can't really say much about the ideas raised by the youth, but um, where can we hear the overview of the program once it, it gets in, implemented, right? Uh, you might want to, to tell us a little bit about this upcoming uh, conference that you are preparing. Sure, sure. Well, we are, we are collecting uh, the results of these mentoring discussions, or actually the themes that the, that the young people raised uh, in the conversations with, uh, with mayors. Uh, we are collecting them at the moment from, uh, from European cities. We, uh, we are still missing um, maybe like 10, 10 cities from the list, so I can't uh, say the final results yet. But what I can already say is, um, is that there are many, like the spectrum of uh, issues that the youth raised is very is very broad. Um, mm -hmm. There were many um, many issues re regarding um, well city design, the walkability, public transportation, biking, mm -hmm. housing. Um, there were many um, 
many cities where the young people uh, raised uh, questions related to healthcare and especially mental health care, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. diversity, multicul multiculturalism, um, and uh, diversity uh, was also one of the one of the big themes uh, for the mm -hmm. for the young people. Have you been able to understand any kind of pattern between um, cities in Europe, so let's say southern European countries, tend to be worried more about certain aspects, and northern European countries mm -hmm. about others, or east and west, or any mm -hmm. kind of uh, correlation between geography and, and concerns? Well, the um... We we only have twenty seven um, cities participating in the program. It's a, it's a big number, but it is not um, the number is not big enough for a scientific uh, review of of what the young people um, want in, in in different parts of Europe. Um, and and, of, and overall, this, how how many young people are involved in this in this project? More or less, in, hundreds of people, right? Uh, yes, uh, at the city level. Um, the mentoring groups are from one to five uh, young persons. They are then mentoring the mayor as a group of mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and they have all consulted um, other young people living in the city. So mm -hmm. I guess this project has reached um, yes, hundreds of people. We are, yeah, like you mentioned, we are now in the middle of the project, so it's it's still early to uh, discuss the, um, the the results. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, in June, when we are when we are hosting the university's uh, annual conference in Espo, we will have uh, we will have a session there with the European cities where we'll we will um, see uh, see the results and uh, discuss uh, them with the mayors, and we will uh, get their reflections um, on the on the hopes of the of the young people. But of course, um, I mentioned uh, that that the spectrum uh, spectrum of um, of issues is very broad uh, that the young people have raised. So I would rather um, I would rather uh, think of this future mentors program as a as a platform for dialogue and as a mm -hmm. um, as a platform that encourages uh, the decision makers to to actively listen. To, to what the youth has to say on local level about the future of the cities. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that the best uh, outcome of this of this process is something that we can say that okay, the young people in Europe want these five things. I would I would right. say that the best outcome would be uh, that the cities are actively listening to to the young people in their cities on the local level and um, and finding. Um, finding new ways to to include the youth in decision making and i think that's really the, the question that people might have which is are our decision makers really willing i mean really really willing to make the change and open to you know to some of these recommendations and to this uh, initiative and who are these decision makers so uh, are they the, the 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 you know citywide is this directly to the mayor you know inside the city who is actually mm -hmm. taking note of this recommendations yes. on a political level mostly uh, mostly the uh, leaders who are being mentored they are the mayors in the cities mm -hmm. um there are also some politicians uh, like leading politicians uh, who mm -hmm. are being mentored and uh, and also some uh, some leaders of, of different departments um, within the cities, but I would say that most of the most of the people who are being mentored are, are mayors. 
Um, I can't, of course, um, talk for the uh, like on behalf of all the all the participating cities, but I hope that this this has been a valuable learning experience for for them as well, and that it would lead um, for them to uh, to create some 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 further possibilities to uh, to work with uh, with the youth. Um, for example, in uh, in Espo, this is. Well, this is one one idea that we have developed this this future mentors program. But uh, but the young people are very actively involved in not only the decision making but also building uh, the different programs that uh, that the city have has. We have the youth council. We have had it for for decades all, already, and uh, it's a very active uh, part of our decision making. Like they are, we have a youth youth councillor in, in the city board and in the city uh, council and in all the committees um, that the city has. So the youth perspective uh, is already very much included in the in mm -hmm. the decision making. And that is something that um, that we would like to encourage other cities to, to follow suit, because that is if the city um, if the city uh -huh. isn't able to uh, get that feeling of being included uh, to the youth uh, mm. in the future of the city that is uh, well will the city have a future at all absolutely and how are you uh, doing that how are you sharing the knowledge sharing the the best practices with other cities specifically those that have not participated in this uh, in this projects in order to you know actively or better engage youth with mm. the, the decision makers well we are of course uh, writing a very um, good report of the whole program mm. and presenting it to the eurocities network uh, then when we have the um, whole project finished and and when we have collected the feedback from from all the cities and this uh, Eurocities platform is a very um, useful way for the cities to share knowledge, um, not only on youth, but on, on many issues that the cities are, are working with. Um, so it is definitely the platform that we are using. Um, and during the annual conference of Eurocities, we also have the young people themselves um, mm -hmm. creating recommendations for the cities. So we have mm -hmm. we have invited one future mentor from all of these participating cities to to come to Espo for this annual conference. So they are active uh, participants in the conference along with mm -hmm. the mayors and uh, and well, for example, we have um, European Commission uh, Vice President Franz Timmermans and Dubravka Switzer are also coming. So it's not only about the mayors; it's also about the very high level uh, EU guests that we are expecting to Espo and to this group we want to include the the youth as well and the young people during the conference they are drafting uh, recommendations for the cities uh, how should the cities involve uh, young people in their uh, local level decision making and we hope that uh, that they will it's not that we as the city of Espo will be telling other cities in in Europe how to do it but we hope that the youth the active youth that that is participating in the future mentors program will uh, will use this opportunity and and share their ideas for for involving mm -hmm. uh, the youth on local level decision making. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And how, how easy was it to actually engage youths uh, in, in, in participating in, in this project? Were they really willing to participate? Was it really easy to do the call and have lots of you know, applications? Or uh, how was this process? Um, we, uh, we got uh, excellent applications. Um, we, we decided... Just, just as a, maybe a, a context, sometimes people argue or people claim that youth is not so much involved or they're not so uh, interested in this kind of uh, decision process. So was this the experience you, you, you had? I would, uh, I would say uh, for those who argue that the youth is not interested, um, that, that maybe they haven't found the right channels uh, and the right um, offerings uh, that, would, uh, that would engage the young people to, to have their say. Um, like in, a TikTok uh, channel Espoid, or something? Yeah, for example, TikTok channel um, but, or, or other social media uh, channels. I wouldn't expect that the young people um, are reading the um, sort of news uh, from from the city. Uh, we have, of course, also published this uh, in the news uh, section of the city website. But I, I, we didn't think that that is the main channel for us to reach uh, for for the youth. So, what uh, we kind used, of channels? We used we used our channels, for example, to the youth council. Uh, we used the channels to the uh, university student union. Um, and and other um, active young people active. who we already know that uh, that have mm -hmm. been active in other projects uh, within the city. Um, so I, I guess you would call it the jungle drum that we that we used to uh, mm -hmm. to sort of to spread the news about this program. And we were very happy with the applications that we got. Uh, we have. Uh, to two mentors in in Espo who are currently uh, also in the youth council so they mm -hmm. they have already had some some conversations with the mayor before uh, then we have one uh, one mentor who is uh, in the student union uh, in the student union board and then we have one uh, international student who is currently studying in other university uh, so for for him the city of Espoo is still a rather new place but it's it's very interesting to have his ideas in this mentoring process as uh, as well mm -hmm. so just just to define uh, youth here uh, how uh, how young can 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 they start uh, can, how how old can they be uh, to actually start being part of this youth councils yeah. Is it like for 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds? Yes, in uh, in ESPO, the Youth Council is from 13 to 18 years mm -hmm. old. Um, so they are essentially non-voters? Well, some of them, if they are 18, well, then they 18, are already. 18, they could be, of course. Yeah, yeah. but it, yes, it is. Um, the elections for Youth Councils, they, they run in schools. So this, mm -hmm. uh, this is... Um, the youth council is mainly for uh, for youth uh, who are not yet voting okay very well so underrepresented voices now have the chance to have a channel to have a means of communication and i would say a rather privileged communication with with decision makers um the city of espo has been vocal uh claiming in videos and social media i, I believe the, the mayor himself several times that you want to achieve the sustainability 
um, levels, either through the development goals by 2025 and, and carbon neutrality by 2030. They seem to be very ambitious targets. Uh, I know other cities have very similar targets, but still, uh, some people would, would say that these are very ambitious targets. How confident is uh, the municipality of ESPO of achieving these goals at this moment? Mm. Because 2025 say... is just, you know, just <laughs> across the, the door, right? It's just there. Yeah. And 2030 doesn't seem to be that far either. Yes, it's it's very true. Uh, both of these um, goals uh, that you mentioned are, are, are part of ESPO's uh, strategy. We have, uh, for this council term, we have seven uh, strategic goals and, uh, and both the SDGs and carbon neutrality are among them. And, which, by uh, the way, are, are topics that the youth are very close to. Yes, yes. And which are also topics where we include the youth a lot. Um, the, if I'll, I'll start with the SDGs, um, in, in 2020, uh, ESPO drafted the uh, Voluntary Local Review. Uh, it's a process that started by the city of New York. Uh, New York was the first city to, to share their um, process of, of reaching the, um, the um, United Nations Agenda 2030, so the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, the city of Helsinki was uh, was the second one uh, to do so, and and Espoo followed very quickly on suit. And uh, in this in this process of drafting the voluntary uh, local review, uh, we did it together with the community. There were more than thousand people uh, around the city of Espoo that that uh, took part in in um, in thinking how we will reach uh, the goals. Um, and in uh, 2025, we are going to report our um, our progress to to the UN. Uh, and by the way, when the uh, when our voluntary local review was reported to to the UN, um, it was actually the youth representative of the city who did the reporting with the mayor. So we we wanted to also to give this podium to to the young people that it's it's not only the city organization or the mayor who's who's working for this. It is the it is the whole city and the youth especially. Um, and uh, the carbon neutrality uh, by uh, by 2030, it is it is um, possible, and we are well on on the way to to get the carbon neutrality. The carbon uh, the CO2 emissions have been declining a lot in uh, uh, in Espo. They have been steadily uh, going down, and uh, and that is something that we are of course we are working very hard for that. Uh, but we also are not working alone. We are working with, uh, especially with companies and especially with big energy companies. We are creating mm -hmm. new solutions uh, with them. Um, for example, the um, district heating is, is one of the biggest uh, sources of CO2 emissions in Finland. And together with the local uh, big energy company, we have uh, made a commitment that the uh, that the district heating will be uh, carbon neutral by by 2030. Mm -hmm. It will be so actually a lot earlier because the development is going even faster. So oh. we are we are quite positive that uh, that this carbon neutrality by 2030 is uh, is achievable. Uh, mm -hmm. What the city is especially um, that like what is one of our biggest uh, ambitions in the carbon carbon neutrality is that the Finnish companies are also very active on this front and we see it as a, 
um, as an advantage for well both for the city and for the companies that the companies mm-hmm. can develop their um, carbon neutral solutions in mm-hmm. in Finland and then have a bigger bigger impact uh, globally in in reducing CO2 emissions and that is what the mm-hmm. city where where we see our real impact that that we offer these possibilities yeah. to develop new technologies. Of course, and, and Finland on that edge is also quite at the forefront because carbon neutrality is not just about uh, no CO2 emissions, it's also about CO2 uh, sequestration. And because the, the forestry sector is so big, that also counts uh, as a way to offset CO2 in, in many ways. Um, l- let me just jump into uh, cities as unicorns. Um, if you may, uh, so the picture might be a little bit uh, a little bit over the top, but uh, you know, has has uh, unicorns, startups, and and so on. There is this uh, war on talent, right? War for talent is the words. Uh, they are killing each other, getting the best people, paying ever more, uh, you know, ever bigger salaries, um, offering more perks. Etc. What kind of initiatives are you leading to attract the best national and international talent to Espo? That's 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 one. And and secondly, um, how how do you see this 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 wave of remote working? Uh, has people, you know, I I would say that in many ways cities uh, in North and Europe now have this extra competitive layer which was not there maybe two or three years before covid which was you know uh, finnish people for that matter they can pretty much work from anywhere they can go to the canary islands and and basically work from there uh and and have their employers in 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 espo and still you know keep working for nokia or whoever they are working for so uh how do you see these two fronts one attracting talent to the territory to the municipality for that matter and on the other hand the the, the outflux of people uh, going to other latitudes for um, remote working reasons uh, yes uh, from the city perspective um, what we are especially working in on is the retention of the international talent the big um, universities and the big companies that we have in Espo, they are the ones who are really attracting the uh, the talent and and from the nice. city perspective yeah. uh, what is important for us is that the city because works because alto is the biggest university in finland right? it's not the biggest but it's in, the most it's the most international and it's the, most uh, international one. the city of Espo is also very diverse we have uh, we have 155 nationalities at the moment and about 20 percentage of um of the population comes from uh, or doesn't speak Finnish or Swedish as their as their uh, mother tongue, so it's a very it's a very diverse city, and uh, from the city perspective, what we do uh, to um, to retain the international talent that is that is coming to to Espo. Espo is a very it's a very rapidly growing city. We we get. Uh, we are growing all the time, and the and the people that we get, they are mostly coming from abroad, not not from uh, not from Finland. So what we do as as a city, we we try to make sure that uh, that the city functions also uh, for the ones who who don't speak Finnish or Swedish, which are the national languages in Finland. 
um, English has been introduced as um, as as well, as the third language of services in in Espo, and we want everything to function also also in English for for the people who are who have just uh, moved to uh, Finland. And this is especially good for, for example, for students who have just uh, arrived, so, that the city also uh, works in English. Just to clarify, uh, you're telling me that it, it, you, the city is ready to work in English for any given person that needs to interact with the city services. Yes, that's that's what we have um, we have been working on. It's uh, it was one of the strategic goals in the in the council term, which started in two thousand and seventeen. So now we have been working on it for for quite some years. I I don't say that we are perfect at this point, but it is uh, it's a it's a lengthy process for an organization that has fourteen thousand employees. Uh, but uh, but it's still so it's still me... the attitude that, that we want to that we want to have. For example, the communications of the city they are in in three languages, and we have created uh, we have created a lot of different um, participation possibilities for uh, for. Uh, uh, let, the... let me j just maybe share here the the the, the web page of the, the city of Espo, sure. um, if if you allow me. So. Um, sorry, this is the, the city of Espo um, um, municipality page. So this is in English by default. I guess you also have Swami, which is Finnish, and Svenske, which is uh, Swedish, right? Yes. So um, the entire website is in English. Yes. Okay, wow. And you have all these services that citizens can uh, go into, like health and housing and culture. So if if I'm a citizen and I just arrived and I need a school for my kids, I go to childcare and education. Yeah. And then I can search for I actually have kids this age range, so pre-primary education. Let's search this one. And it gives me okay. So it gives me information about what it is. Okay. And, and how to then, enroll. And how to enroll. And and how to enroll for this cycle, or let's say the next cycle, which will be 2022-2023. And these are the list of schools that I can uh, apply to. Yes. And I have like a, a bunch of people that maybe I can um, talk to. Yes. Okay, very nice. This is a, a game changer, right? Because suddenly, uh, aspects that for foreigners will be very difficult uh, if they didn't speak the language become much easier and not just the website I guess that's just the, the first part of the interaction then when you go and you speak to the actual service person that service person he or she is going to be able to to speak in English as well yeah yeah and that's that's why I think it was very important that it was in the um, it, that it was one of the strategic goals for the city that that the whole personnel of of the city organization uh, should agree with this um, attitude that the city also serves in in English, and it was also of course uh, communicated to um, to our inhabitants that uh, that is how how the city works, and of course I'm I'm happy that we uh, passed the test with the with the web page. Uh, but of course, there are still there is still room for for improvement. It's not it's not perfect, but but we are we are um, very actively working um, 
with uh, with the improvement of of the services and especially we are improving the uh, services for the international community when it comes to like community building we have a community mm-hmm. called hello espo and, uh, okay. and that is that is the sort of like a platform that we have created um for for sharing information about the city and engaging people to uh, to city processes and to well not only to engage the people with the city but to uh, offer a platform for for the people who are newcomers to to find uh, find their peers so so let me uh, take that segue of speaking about the city has has a service or a city uh, at your service philosophy i really enjoy that one has the backbone for building uh, a more sustainable city together with the different stakeholders i guess the concept is somehow related to mobility as a service which was coined a few years ago by sonia Eklia, uh, which i actually had the pleasure to meet here in Cascais just before the pandemic how would you define this city at your service philosophy that you were talking about um well it's uh, it's the philosophy how we how we develop the city um it's it's the city that we understand as a as a living lab uh where where we are testing testing new things and uh, we are doing it by by cooperation and and participation or actually co-creation um of of the services that the, that the city has um Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not only about the city organization, how the city works. The city organization can uh, can create different platforms um, for the companies and for the citizens, for the universities, research uh, organizations to come work with us and and to develop these services. And that's uh, yeah, that's that's the really really uh, philosophy and uh, and and idea behind uh, behind how mm-hmm. the city of Espo works. So uh, you were telling me in a, in a previous conversation uh, leading to this uh, podcast that the 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 ASPO schools um, are now an innovation, an open innovation platform for edutech startups. Can you tell us a little bit more about this idea? I found, I found it super interesting because edutech startups, of course, uh, they they have, you know, it's a hard life. They have to pitch the schools and sometimes pitching to the schools not so easy even if they're private schools but you guys you actually developed like this open innovation platform where edtech startups can tap into city schools to develop their uh, products or services can you just give us a little glimpse of how this works sure sure um it's actually a project that uh, that we have uh, funded with eu uh, eu mm-hmm. funds and together with other big cities uh, in finland we have developed um, the schools how they how they work as uh, how they function as as innovation platforms um it it works so that the um, um that the startups that are interested in in working with schools that have uh, products that they would like to test uh, with schools uh, they make an agreement uh, with the school um so we have created this uh, sort of draft agreements that they can um, they can do it's um it's a transparent uh, process which is important um but it's also a win-win process um so at the same time the the companies get valuable um like a valuable testing environment for for their pro- products but then also at the same time uh, the students, the pupils, they they get uh, very good experience in 
in in uh, trying their uh, digital skills and uh, and giving feedback and and feeling like uh, owners of a, of a process that they are very much involved in in building a product and um, the the companies that um, that are in these programs they also get um, they get sort of like a stamp that they have been developing the product uh, together with uh, with the Finnish with real school. schools with real with users. real schools and especially with Finnish schools Finnish schools have a very uh, good reputations uh, good reputation around the world uh, we have been doing very well in the PISA uh, rankings and that's that has been one of the one of the assets that the companies that have participated in in the program that they have told us that this it's a great benefit for them as well for yeah for, it's a great for, marketing, marketing. coup right exactly yeah. it is never thought about it that way but it does make sense so the digital agenda is is another example of this uh, city has a service thinking mindset uh, in esco uh, you've mentioned it's about testing and co-creating new digital services for the city not just in, in this case not just for schools so how does this digital agenda work uh, yes, we are. And I, I guess you, you just had like a finished one period, the, the 2015, 2021, right? Are you planning to to now have a new cycle? Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm not personally working on the digital agenda, so I'm not the best person to represent the digital agenda. But uh, but we are currently um, the the third version of the digital agenda has has just uh, been launched and uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's about testing and uh, and piloting digital services um within the city so different That's... companies can participate and they get um yeah they get a lot of uh, feedback and um, and the city services that that are being developed uh, they are they get the, well again the the valuable feedback if 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 this new digital service would be useful, if it if it was something that has uh, has potential and and need, if it's easy to use. So if, the, if I understand right, Miller, this is not a, a startup accelerator. No. This is more of let's say almost like a framework agreement where you have this on roll, this rolling program going on, and anytime a, a startup can approach you and say, you know, I have like this data service, so I give you some data insights and and then you work with them. I mean, of course, they would probably have to apply and go through some kind of uh, procedure, but then you work with them to to give them feedback whether this is useful for the city. Mm, yes. Yes, that's, that's how it works. But I, I wouldn't call it the startup accelerator. We do have excellent startup accelerators in the city, but they are not run by the city. So this is just just about services that would make um, life in the city easier, like digital Very services, well. for example, rely, related to mobility um, or to or to different services like healthcare services. How they, uh, what kind of digital. Um, uh, services could could make it easier. The, the whole yeah, I think process. it makes lo lo lots of sense because uh, in the past we we run a number of startup accelerators related to mobility, and then we were pitching different cities to run test beds and proofs of concept. But cities were really not. I mean, most cities are not well prepared because they have to set it up on the fly for that specific project and this project goes away and then maybe in the future another comes in. So having like this on ongoing test bed where you have the right interface to work with startups at all the time and according to their needs, I think it's it's a great 
it's a, it's a great uh, best practice. Um, so, what do you enjoy the most about your work? What gives you drive? What are you most passionate about? Uh, well, I guess for me, it's uh, it's the European cooperation and like international cooperation that is uh, that is something that I I really enjoy. Uh, in my student years, I my background is in international relations, and I did a lot of. Yeah. Uh, I was very active in a lot of NGOs, for example, the European Movement of, of Finland, and now I'm very happy to uh, to continue with uh, with that in my work, meeting people from around the world and uh, and sharing. Um, well, especially uh, colleagues from other cities sharing the same challenges and and values and solutions. So it's it's very interesting. Great, um, that's that's super interesting because uh, Finland got into the EU in twenty uh, something years ago. Mm. How, how uh, yes, it's ninety five. Ninety five, right? So twenty seven. Yeah, um, were you? personally involved part of that uh, no. movement you were maybe two, <laughs> 10 years old too young yeah. for that um i guess so and um but my, my my question was more related to um the this uh integration years and how you is now uh working has um a way to uh promote uh this new connections and I, I don't want to divert the topic too much, but one of the, the criticisms has been that some of these projects are not very mission-oriented, right? You might have heard about the, the book by Mariana Mazzucato, The, the Mission-Driven Economy, and other uh, economists talking that most of this uh, EU-funded, especially when it's related to more R&D fundamental uh, research, uh, it's not very mission-driven. So these projects, because they're not mission-driven, they tend to have a lower impact than what they could eventually have just because maybe they're very interesting and they have lots of uh, good things to their point, but then there is no big mission, no big vision. And everyone kind of seems to be working uh, into different directions uh, in many regards because that's just the way humans work, right? People, they tend to be chaotic. And if there is no overall big plan and no big mission, people not work into that direction. Um, so if, if you have like some, I don't know, hope of making uh, lasting outcomes, lasting as in this is going to create um, to create best practices and and create momentum that is lasting, how what what kind of I don't know recommendation or suggestions would you give us towards that of lasting momentum, not just something that it has local or very time bound impact, but something which is having this this growing momentum towards the future. Well, uh, a broad question. Maybe yeah, uh, I, I would actually, actually, uh, this this new commission program is. I would rather, I would say it is rather mission oriented, but but for the first time. Uh, mm -hmm. And I believe that uh, that Mariana Mazzucato, that you also mentioned, was also involved in drafting this. Business. She was. She was. I, is... Actually, the 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 funny fact is that the city council, the city mayor of Lisbon, was the ex 
commissioner, right, Mr. Carlos Moedas, and I believe he was he was the one inviting her to to be part of this board of experts uh, creating the so-called mission-driven program. But I would really like to hear uh, your perspective on that. Mm. From um, from the city perspective, we are quite uh, excited about these missions. It is it is definitely something something new and and visionary uh, from from the EU that, that the cities uh, want and can also be part of. Uh, there is the mission uh, of 100 um, carbon neutral and smart cities by 2030, and uh, the the list of 100 cities has has just been published uh, some some weeks ago, and Espo. Espo is also on the list of, of these 100 cities. And I believe uh, this kind of uh, mission-oriented uh, work is something that, that really gives us, uh, it gives us perspective and a goal uh, for, uh, uh, as a group of cities to, to work for. Of course, we already had this goal of, of carbon neutrality by 2030, but now that we yeah. are doing it together with, uh, with a very dedicated group of uh, of cities and with uh, with the help of, of expertise and, and and funding channels from the European Union, it's definitely uh, helping us a lot in in getting uh, in in reaching our uh, in reaching our uh, targets of, of carbon neutrality. Um, and I would I have also been quite uh, hopeful and 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 happy to see the unity in in European Union. Now in the times of crisis, in times of COVID, and now in the times of, of the crisis in, or the war in Ukraine, and that is something that really, really gives me um, hope uh, that that the, the European family will will stick together and and have a have a very bright future. Thank you, Mila. It was uh, really a pleasure having you with us uh, with those uh, wise words uh, here at the end to wrap this up. Um, if um i mean if you were with us and uh, thank you for joining us at the productized podcasts if you enjoyed your stay give us your review and share this episode with friends and colleagues you also have show notes and more episodes at productized.medium.com where it's part of the transcription of this conversation and also links to some of the things that we spoke here today subscribe to our podcasts and we will be sharing some of these links on the chat as well. Have a great day. Bye-bye, Mila. Have a great Bye -bye. day. Thank you very much. Thank you.